We're back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Simple Tech Media Podcast. I'm Tina, and I'm joined with Nikki, and together we have over 21 years of experience teaching technology classes to college students. We know how intimidating it can be trying to keep up with the latest technology trends. We also know it's so easy to get overwhelmed learning new things. We are also using this platform as a way to push ourselves to learn new things, and we're glad to have you. Hello, everyone. We're back for week two. Nikki, we got through our first week of trying to put ourselves out there for the world to see and hear. It was scary, but I'm glad it's over. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready to move on. You know, we were just talking, yeah, off camera saying, you know, that first one is a little less intimidating Mm -hmm. because it's just fun and nobody has any expectations. Now we have to have something to say. We have to actually say something and people might come back or they might not. And so now's the point where we get to really get a gauge for how we're doing, which is very intimidating. It is. I have to say, but it's fun. I'm having a blast. So we're at least going to go with that, knowing that we're having a good time. I have learned that I say so way too much. So there you go again. (laughs) In editing last week, I probably cut out about 14 and a half hours of me just saying the word so. Mm. I told Nikki, instead of a swear jar, I need a so jar so that I can say that again. That way I can Mm -hmm. drop a coin in there. And by the end of this podcast, you know, maybe we'll have enough money to go on a cruise or something. I don't know if I I don't get my... (laughs) Girl, sew it up. Let's go. Okay. So, yes. See, there again. There again. And I'm not cutting it out. (laughs) I refuse to give myself that out. And I don't have that much time to cut them out. So, Uh, again, that would be... How much would I have to put in there? If I put in a dollar, that's a lot. I mean, that's almost lunch already. Just in a few minutes. That's amazing. I almost... I almost said it again. See, you're already catching yourself. I've got to get it together. You're doing good. Already. The problem is, is I'm a teacher, and this tells me that I also say it in class Mm -hmm. a lot, and those poor students. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of. I'm sorry. I was was, um, sick a little while ago, and I had to record Mm -hmm. a lecture. When I went back and I listened to the lecture that I recorded, (laughs) the amount of times that I repeated the same phrase... Like I repeated the same phrase like like 27 times. I told them to open up to module two. And I said, we're going to go into module two. Today, we're going to learn module two. And I listened to that and I was like, oh my goodness, my poor students. I cannot believe that. Going back and editing, I do the same exact thing. It's crazy. Well, in our defense as teachers, we do have to repeat ourselves a lot because the chances of everybody listening the first time, let's be or honest, the second. it's nothing against them. Or right. the third. I almost said it again, but I didn't. So, oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I said it again. Another dollar in the, the coin jar. If anybody's keeping up, you'll have to let me know how much I owe at the end of all oh, this. Hopefully it's a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I feel like Simple Tech Media needs to take it on the open seas at some point. Surely they need to know how to use technology as well, right? Right. I mean, what can we expect about the internet at... Perfect day at Coco K, or Coco <laughs> Key, however you want to say that. I feel like 
these are scientific things that we need to check. Out. I agree. I, I just feel like there's a need. Somebody for it. has to do it. How? We can exactly. do that. I I will take the burden. You know we're we're here to learn new things. We're here to push ourselves to new places. Right. And I haven't been on a cruise other than to the Bahamas, so I'm willing to push myself on that cruise somewhere else. Right. If we have yeah. to sacrifice, we have to. Yeah. <laughs> How else are we going to know the quality of the internet on all the different cruise exactly. ships? Exactly. <laughs> How to create a tutorial from a cruise ship. That's amazing. Exactly. How do how do you text somebody on a cruise exactly. ship when you don't have service? These are things that the people need to know. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I gotta get the. Okay. I can. I'm not gonna say it. We're gonna have to come up with a different way to earn our money for this business cruise <laughs> than be putting money in a so jar because I I am promising myself I'm gonna work on that. So oh, I. <laughs> For our first normal podcast, our second podcast ever, we thought that we would add a little bit more structure to this. And one of the things that we've said that we wanted to do with this process is to push ourselves to be better. Nikki and I have talked a little bit about having imposter syndrome while going through this process. We both have extensive knowledge and experience with the things that we use every day. But I find that it's easy to get in a rut and kind of get stuck in a place and not take the time to allow myself to learn new things. And that's kind of where this idea came from. I talked in our first episode, if you haven't watched that, you can go back and see kind of how we joined together here. I really want to use this as a way to help others, but also to push myself to be better. Mm -hmm. And I am finding ways that have been a lot of fun on the backside to try to figure out. In this process, we don't want anybody to think that we're in a position where we think that we know everything. It is impossible to know everything about anything in this in this world. I think the older I get, the more education I get, the more I realize that I don't know anything at all. Mm-hmm. I kind of joke about, you know, leaving high school, you feel like you're ready to conquer the world undergrad. I I left my undergrad. I took a class called Advanced Medical Transcription, and it was the most insane class I think I've ever taken. And I felt like I was ready to conquer anything. Even if it had nothing to do with the medical field, I was ready. I just knew that I had been pushed to the limits there, and I came through stronger and wiser. And then grad school, I thought, wow, there's a whole realm out there that I have no idea about. And then working on a doctorate, it has scrambled my brain so much. I truly have no idea what's going on at any point in time. And at this point, I don't really mind who, I, you know, I don't really care who knows that. <laughs> you know, when we push ourselves to be the best we can in our classroom for our students, I have backed off on trying to look perfect all the time with them because I'm not. And things change all the time. I have stood in class. Nikki, I don't know if this has happened to you. I have stood in class in the back of the classroom to where I can see all the students' computers. And as I'm actively telling them to click Mm -hmm. on something, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. at the same time, about a half of the classes, their whole screen just changed Mm -hmm. because Microsoft did an update in the middle of class 
And then on the other side, they still have the old way. And I learned around that time, just throw all those, those preconceptions out the window okay. and just know that I can walk into that classroom, have an idea of what we're about to do, but I truly don't always know because things change all the time. Exactly. And it's kind of fun. It's a little scary, but it's also kind of fun because I never know what we're going to get to. Yeah. And I've learned if I don't take myself too seriously, then it usually goes pretty well. Right. I also, I think, I think they respect that. I, I truly do. If we come in and they understand that we're not trying to put on a show, like we have the ins and outs of this entire computer memorized and whatever happens, we know exactly how to fix it. I think they respect that. My, my students, I have seen them respect that because I've done the same thing where I've walked into the classroom and I will watch the computers update as I'm telling them <laughs> to do a function in Excel and I'm showing them on a different version than they have and they are so lost. And I'm lost at first because I'm like, what in the world is even happening? And then, <laughs> right. I, I mean, if we're upfront and we say, okay, this is what happened, we have to take it as it is and then we just roll with it. I think they understand that and they respect that more than us pretending like we know what's going on. One of our purposes of doing all of this, especially the podcast, really, I'll be honest, the podcast, I came to Nikki with an idea and I said, well, she's got to be used to this by now because we we get in our minds. This is what we're going to do. This is going to be our schedule. This is, this is it. This is how the website's going to look. This is what we're going to have on our social medias. And then within 10 minutes, I'm texting her again. Um, what do you think about it if we did this? What do you, what do you think about if we did that? And the podcast was one of those things. She wanted us to record a video initially that introduced ourselves. And I said, no, I'm not getting on the, the front side of the camera. I am not a beautiful person. And people are mean on the internet. And I just didn't want to put myself out there. And she said, I think it would be helpful for people to see who we are. So I begrudgingly said, okay, that's fine. We can do that. And then... I came to her one day and I said, what if we do a podcast? <laughs> and here we are. I almost said the word again that I'm not supposed to say, but I caught myself. Good. We are, we are learning. Growing. We are growing. We are already progressing. Mm -hmm. And look how simple it, no, it, it, it's not simple. <laughs> this is actually very difficult to not say the word that I should not be saying. Anyway, we're pushing ourselves behind the scenes to learn new things. We never want to come across as people who know everything or think that we know everything. There's no way for us to know everything. We are very proficient in Microsoft, pretty much all of Microsoft. We both know the ins and outs mm -hmm. of. We are both typists. I don't know what your typing type technique and all that is, but we are both typists. So we'll probably talk about some keyboarding and those things at some point. That is definitely not the intention of what we're doing. But, you know, we can give some tips along the way. There are some websites that I think would be helpful if you're wanting to learn how to type. Some free resources that are out there that I think would be great. Again, that's not really what my intention is here. And I really want to get away from Microsoft as much as I love it. I absolutely love Microsoft. I love seeing it all work together. I want to push myself to learn new things. We're going to put stuff out there that is not perfect. And we'll know that it's not perfect, but it's the best that it can be at that moment. 
and it's fun. It's exciting. We post it, we look at it, and we realize uh, that was not what we wanted. Or that's the best that I can get right now, and I'll do do the best I can again the next time, and each time I get a little bit better. For example, this afternoon I posted a reel that I set up in Canva. So Canva has recently become something that I've used. Had you had much experience with Canva before? No, I used it um, a few years ago to create a brochure for my um, mom's boss. And that's the really the first time that I used it. And then I haven't used it since then, except for now we're using it with our company. And it's been fun right. to learn. Yeah, they have a team feature. And we are in there as a team so we can share our yeah. projects with each other. And it's been a lot of fun that way. We can also connect our account with our social medias, different social media accounts and put those out there. Um, we haven't gotten into that a whole lot. Right now, I like to go to the app and make sure that things are posted the way that I think that right. they are. And eventually, though, I do want to get more reliant on some of those other resources and tools that are out there for right. content creators. Because those are things I haven't gotten the chance to use a whole lot. And it's been fun to see kind of how everything connects together, where TikTok connects to Facebook and Instagram and Canva and some of these other things. And even Riverside, which is what we're using right now to record our podcast on, how that connects to, is it, is it Premiere? What is it that we've been using to edit? Premiere, Premiere Pro. The Adobe, mm -hmm. the Premiere Pro, yeah. you know, and it, it connects to that. I've been making myself use Premiere Pro for editing and it is a huge learning curve, but it's been a lot of fun. I almost said the word again, but I didn't say it. You know, every time that I don't say it and I, I'm almost going to say it, then I think I should get to take a dollar back you, out. Yes, as a reward. Or or add a, uh, add a day onto our cruise. How about oh, that? This is a, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need to get some sponsors and we're going to need to get some advertisements going and all this stuff right. if we're going to have these big plans. <laughs> anyway, so behind the scenes, we don't want you all to think that we're coming on thinking that we're experts in everything that has to do with technology. Right. What I do think that we have value-wise is that we can adapt and adjust mm -hmm. pretty easily and pick up on things pretty quickly. And that's really what we think can be helpful to others to be able to break things down easily in a simple way, like our name says, but we are pushing ourselves on our end. This week I have been working on some things. Nikki has been working on some things. We're getting to the point where we're not having to connect every day. We can work on things kind of separately. We thought that we would take a few minutes to just talk about things that we are learning. And some of you may hear us talk about these and say, oh, I have that part down. I can't believe they don't know how to do mm -hmm. this. That's how it is with everything. There are some things that we know very well that some of you may not have ever had the opportunity to use. And there are some things that we're learning that we're very excited about, but we know that we're kind of late to that party. I don't know what else to say there, but we're a little bit late to that and others have a good handle on it and we're just picking it up. And I think that's what's fun about this whole right. process. Nikki's working on a tutorial that's supposed to come out later this week. What is it that you're working on? That one is a um, reference management system. It's called Zotero. I, like you said, Microsoft is my home base. Anything in Microsoft, mm -hmm. I'm very familiar with it. I can pick it up very quickly. Anything outside of Microsoft, that's going to take <laughs> me a minute. Um, especially dealing with references and publications and citations. Mm -hmm. I have not mm -hmm. touched that stuff since grad school. 
and grad school was a while ago. So to get my brain back into thinking of even even finding publications, and then once we get those, how in the world can we store the resources? And then once we have them all stored, how can we cite them? How can we make technology create the citations for us, the bibliographies? So I know, again, we're, we're both teachers and we know how the semester is starting to work. And so spring semester, we have a lot of research papers going on. We have a lot right. of stuff that's going to be coming up. So I thought mm-hmm. going through and trying to learn this system to where we can help others keep their resources managed together. And then once they can find the resources and keep them, know how to use them in their papers. And then there's also right. a, a fun fun feature. <laughs> there's also a feature within this specific application that allows you to work within groups. So you can share publications and resources all within your group and your whole group has access to every single one of those. And then you guys can work on the papers um, together at the same time. So a lot of interworking together, I think that is fantastic. Later, Friday, on Friday, you all are going to get a video on how to use this reference management system so you can keep track of all of your citations, all of your publications, and those of you that have to do papers later on, you can have the technology do the paper for you. Fantastic. That is very nice. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was glad when Nikki brought this one up that she wanted to do it. I actually heard about one of these softwares, and I don't know if this is the exact one or not. When I was in grad school at one of the residencies that I had gone to, they were showing us how you could use this references management software Mm -hmm. to keep up with everything. And this would be something that you would use if you're working on a a large paper. If you're in grad school, this might be something that you would be interested in. It's fantastic. If you have, you know, a 10th grader working on a short little paper, probably not something that they're needing to worry about right now. But definitely those bigger papers in your undergrad years, definitely grad school. And 100% if you're working on a dissertation or that advanced degree, this could be something that could be very beneficial to you. Um, I've had several, several people over the last few years ask me if I had any experience with um, one of those. Again, I'm not sure if it's that exact one or not, but I'm so glad that you brought that one up because that was on top, the top of my list of things for us to look into and make some tutorials right. on. And it's so, it's I so helpful because we're learning how to use it, which is great. But the key benefit of it is you can find your resource and it will keep every single resource. You can build your library so you don't have to go back mm-hmm. and re-find the same articles that you found for a paper that you did two years ago. It's all your data is right. right there. It stores everything. It organizes it. It's fantastic. It's so, so helpful. Right. If you know anybody who is starting grad school soon, or maybe you are starting graduate school soon, this would be a great resource to start using. Usually in grad school, your classes build on Mm -hmm. each other. And then often at the end, you have a large paper that you're putting together or a big project, depending on what the degree is. And and being able to keep up with those resources can be so helpful. Save you lots of time. I said so, but I feel like it was appropriate there. 
Um, it can be, it can be very helpful. And also with what you're saying, where it can help you work with a group, mm-hmm. there are a lot of group projects in grad school and upper level learning where you're working with others. Right. And that could be very beneficial as right. well, or even just passing resources onto your instructors. A lot of times they're looking for resources just like you are right. and being able to share that with them. A lot of them would be very happy about. One of the features that Nikki talked about with Zotero, I think would be a great segue into our next topic. She said that Zotero will take the information that you put in there, it'll take that data, and it will generate your citations for you, it'll generate your bibliography page, and for a lot of people, that is the most frustrating part of writing a paper. I'll be honest, for me, that's the part I'm the most confident in. (laughs) It's writing the content that I'm out, but you give me some formatting, you give me a citation to write, I I got you, I got you there, I can do that part of it. The part of the, the the dissertation and all of that that everybody hates, the transcribing of interviews and all those mm-hmm. things, those are the parts that I have down pat. I can format a dissertation like nobody's business, <laughs> and I have. I have done a lot for a lot of people, yeah. but the content part is not what I'm looking for. Anytime we can have AI built in, though, it's it's quite handy. I agree. AI is one of those things that is on the forefront of everything right now. There's nothing that we can look at that AI doesn't have some sort of hold on to. And I think this is a good time to move into our next topic, which is AI. And AI is artificial intelligence. So that's what it stands for but everybody abbreviates it AI that I've come across. And today I thought that we could just kind of give an overview of what it is and then talk about that big word that has been going around for the last year that is terrifying to some and thrilling to others. And we're going to get into that here in just a minute, but let's take just a second. And Nikki, before we get into what I think would be the definition of AI, I think that People all have different definitions for some of these things that you think, okay, well, everybody knows what that is, but when you actually have to stop and say, what is it? Then you realize, I don't know how to put that into right. words. And to me, AI can fall in that category. So what would you say? What would be your your layman's term of what you think AI In the most entails? simple way that I can, whenever I think of AI, I think of a robot doing my thinking for me. That's exactly exactly that's exactly what I think of. <laughs> a little machine doing everything that I like can think of, but can't like exactly put out my own like thoughts. The robot will generate those thoughts for me. It's incredible. Yeah. Like I said a moment ago, it's terrifying and thrilling all at the same yes. time. You don't really know somebody how to who's feel. in the technology field, it's scary. Mm-hmm. As somebody who has a large portion of her life in the business realm. It's fascinating to me there as somebody who's also in the education and the ed tech side of things. It's a little bit scary when you think of it from the education side. And some of you might think, well, why does she think it's scary? But I, I definitely have mixed feelings. Mm -hmm. I think it can be something very interesting, but I also, it's also terrifying to me at the same time. So let's talk about it just a little bit. The best definition that I've been able to come across for AI or artificial intelligence is is having a computer 
or technology mimic human behavior. And so it seems like you are interacting with a human or you're getting a human-like response, but it's actually just a robot like what Nikki was saying. A couple of those that we see, and we'll see how many of these I can set off by saying them. We have Siri. We have Alexa. Um, I actually have one of those devices near me, and I had to rename it (laughs) because it would go off. So it has a different name, and I'm not going to say that name. Otherwise, it'll start making noise for me. (laughs) But we see those all the time. And I know a lot of people are very on board with those and others are completely against them. And rightfully so, you you know, everybody has the right to their own opinion with that. But those are AI devices. Recently, though, it's become even more involved on with Google and Bing. I know Microsoft has recently dumped a lot of money into AI. And so they're going to be transforming the Microsoft Suites, which they don't call it that anymore. Is it Office 365 or Microsoft 365? I think it's Microsoft 365 oh. now is what they call it. Okay. They renamed it okay. or they're in the process of renaming it or something. I think I saw today it was Microsoft 365. Regardless, they are pushing AI through and I'm excited to keep up with that over the next little mm-hmm. bit. And I plan on talking about some of those features here over the next I was about to say a few. It's going to be a lot of podcasts. So I thought that AI would have a great place on our podcast for us to take some time and talk about something that we're seeing that is current in AI. And for this first week, we're going to talk about that one that I keep stepping around, but it's on everybody's tongue if anybody's in the know at all. And Nikki likely probably knows where I'm headed with this. She knows because we talked about it. <laughs> I told her that we were going to talk about it. Just just a quick thing. Um, so I'm not going to put her on the spot and see if she listens to me. <laughs> but I thought that we would take a few minutes to just talk about ChatGPT. What is it? Likely a lot of you have heard about it. But I find that a lot of times we hear about things, but we don't actually take the time to get hands on with it. Let's talk about what ChatGPT is, what's the concern about it, what's the part that is that thrilling part about it, and then we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. This is not us going in and doing a ton of research and then, you know, just giving basically a book report or something there. But I will say that ChatGPT did come onto the scene, I believe it was November of 2022. It has not been very long. I know when we came back to work in January of 2023 is when it was on everybody's tongue. That's when I started hearing about it. And it was a lot of panic from an education side. How are we going to keep students from using this? So before I get into all of that, let's talk a little bit about what this website does. And there are a ton of them that do similar things. This is just the one that has been at the forefront of a lot of changes that people are talking about. Nikki, have you had any experience using ChatGPT? I have. I've actually, I've used it quite often. I am Mm -hmm. one of those educators that is for ChatGPT as (laughs) long as it's used appropriately. And we are going to look into the appropriate ways of how you can use it, but I am all for it. ChatGPT, that, that, site is the one where it's just text. So you, you plug in the prompt that you want. You have key phrases that you say, and you just tell the computer to create something 
or answer a question or tell you to explain something even further. I actually have told my students um, to use this feature if they don't understand Mm -hmm. functions in Excel. I'm not going to pretend like I am the best teacher out there in explaining (laughs) functions. I have my ways of explaining it. And sometimes that's just not enough for some students. And I completely understand that. And so if there's another resource out there that's going to help them, it's the same thing as me telling them to go watch a YouTube tutorial on how to do it. It, It's going to give them the same prompts. It'll break down the step-by-step of what you need to do for that equation. It'll explain what it is. But chat GPT, that one is the text base. So you just put in a prompt and it comes out with whatever the outcome is. It's crazy. It's insane. When she's talking about a prompt, so I could go to the website and we're going to do videos on this. You could go to the website, chat GPT, you make an account, you log in. Um, There is a free version. I know that they were rolling out a a more advanced version. I'm not sure if you have to pay for that one or not. I have not not looked at the site recently. I do know that big changes were happening. But you go in and you type in a prompt. Explain to me the process of photosynthesis. And so the computer will generate a response on that. And it can be very helpful, especially if you don't understand it and you're looking for information to help you understand a topic better or to kind of get a starting place for a project. For example, if I were wanting to research AI, I could go into ChatGPT and just type in the prompt, explain to me as if I were a sixth grader what artificial intelligence is. And it will kind of I don't want to use the word dumb down, but it will adjust the answer so that it fits the level that I've asked right. for. And again, it can be very helpful. To me, I look at ChatGPT and, and sources like it the same I would like a Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. So oh, I said so again, everyone, another dollar in the jar. I look at it like I would a Wikipedia. Wikipedia or a wiki page. I remember when those first came on the scene and I was in grad school at the time. It's been quite a while ago. And I just remember being told, don't use a Wikipedia. Don't use a wiki account. That's not going to be appropriate, an appropriate source for your academic writing. And I 100% believe that because there's, there's no peer review There's nobody making sure that the standards are kept with the writing on that. And so I understand the need for there to be safeguards Mm -hmm. put into place for using AI or like a wiki. A Wikipedia, if if you don't know, is a website where anybody can go on and add whatever they want to, to the site. So you have, maybe you have a page talking about Abraham Lincoln and you go to Abraham Lincoln's Wikipedia page. Well, on that page, you have information, and it may or may not be true. It's just based on whoever decided to add a little bit to it. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of different people adding content. And the AI or the chat GPT type sites where you're typing in a prompt, it's giving a response based on the data that has been input into Mm -hmm. the system. So it's only as smart as the data that's been put into it. 
I actually, this summer, and I don't know if you know this, Nikki, this summer I was looking for just a side job. I'm always looking for some way to keep my skills up. And I ended up across this site where it was looking for people to input data for a site such as ChatGPT. It was not for that specific one, but it was for one similar. And I got accepted. I don't know how hard it is to get accepted into these, but you had to do a, a writing. So they'd ask you a question about whatever the topic was. And you had to prove that you were able to write and add content and value to whatever. I did not finish the process and go through it. There was a whole lot going on and it just wasn't something I was interested in continuing on there. But there are companies that will hire people Mm -hmm. to go through and do research and input that the results that they find into these databases and then those databases pull that information whenever somebody puts a prompt in. So that's what's happening. The concern with that is from an educator side, we want to make sure that the integrity of our education is still there. I want my students to, when they're writing a paper, I want to know that they've actually learned the topic. And so for some educators in a position like that, I can see that there's some concern there, that they're having the work done for them. The computer's doing it for them. So it's not even that they're getting it from their their classmate or their buddy or their friend like we used to have to worry about. Now it's just a robot doing that. And so educators have been scrambling, trying to figure out how do we fight against a robot? How do Mm -hmm. we make sure that our students are getting the knowledge that we're expecting them to get? Are they meeting the learning outcomes for this course, for the program, whatever it is? So there is concern there. On the other side of that, I totally agree with Nikki that there is a time and place for this to be a fun resource. It's a great tool. Mm -hmm. In one of my classes... Um, last year, we needed a business letter, and I pulled up ChatGPT, and we typed in, we, you know, type, we need a letter, and I gave the stipulations for that letter, and it generated a letter, and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The The safeguard that I would put on that is you still have to have a foundation of knowledge to know if it's giving you the result that you're really, truly wanting. So I think we have a responsibility to teach our students, our children, whatever the age group is, even as adults, we have to be able to discern what is actually coming out of this that is beneficial and helpful. When is it okay for me to use this? When is it ethical for me to use this? And those are things that um, we have to build up digital citizenship. This is one of my ed tech terms that I don't know if you're aware of, Nikki, Mm -hmm. but digital citizenship is using the internet in an appropriate way, making sure that we are being respectful and using things correctly. And to me, in my opinion, this kind of falls under that, that we're using the internet sources in a way that is being truthful and we're not presenting information as if it were our own and it's not truly, especially in an academic type setting. I do see that this can be used effectively in a business situation. I used this for my first website when I did an About Me. I I just put in a few things about myself and said, please write in about me for a website. And it did. And it did a fantastic (laughs) job. And in those, you know, you just have to skim through it and make sure that it's not saying something that's not true. And the prompt I did for my class the one time, it, it did perfectly for the first two or three paragraphs. And then after that, it added all this extra stuff. Mm -hmm. I said, we didn't say that we were going to have this. We didn't say that there was going to be this extra meeting. We didn't say to set up a team's meeting. You know, it added a lot of extra stuff that really wasn't necessary. 
And so if you're using this in business, I just think you just need to go back through and read it and make sure that the result is what you were wanting. Right. I going going off of that, I actually used ChatGPT to help me code <laughs> a website. I mm. was creating a website for another company and I could not figure out this specific code. I I could not. Mm-hmm. I tried so hard. And so I went to ChatGPT and I said, this is what I need. This is the script that I'm using. Just help me. And so it came with a code. Now, obviously, the like we said, it's generic. It's a robot. It doesn't know exactly what we're doing. Right. So the code that it gave is just a very, very generic code. But as long as you understand the steps that it gave, I was able to take mm-hmm. those steps and put that code into my website mm-hmm. and it works perfectly. So it can help boost creativity. Like you said, your about me section, it can help give you um, ideas, but it can also help in, in steps of coding. Like we talked about it, It's crazy what it can do. Um, going off of what you said with the educator side, again, we understand it can be scary and it can be intimidating, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't think that if we approach it in that scary and intimidating way, then the students are going to see that we're afraid of it. And that right. kind of makes them want to use it because, because <laughs> they, they think that we don't want them to use it. And I think mm-hmm. the reason why they even would go about having ChatGPT create entire papers or entire publications for themselves is because they don't feel confident enough in their skills to do that. So if we as educators mm-hmm. can instill that confidence in them, use it for ideas, but you are better than the computer. Your knowledge is better than the computer. So if we can instill that confidence in them, then they're going to want to do it rather than have a computer do it for them. We don't want to remove creativity. We want to enhance it and then use technology to enhance that creativity. Uh, And I think as a teacher, if you're, if you are concerned that, you know, how am I going to how do I even know what's the point now of even teaching students how to research and how to write? And what's the point of me even expecting them to learn on their own? There are still ways that we can interact with our students. And this to me is one of those places where it's really noticeable as to if you get to know your students well or not, Mm -hmm. if you're connecting with them, if you're talking with them one-on-one, even if you're teaching on an online type situation, one of the, the struggles that I had with my doctoral program, it was all online and I felt so lost most of the time because there was no connection between myself and my peers or between myself and my teacher or my teachers. I had, I had several and some were really good about reaching out and actually having, um, having time invested in us and we could tell even with just the announcements that they gave and the prompts that they gave, you could tell they were current, they were recent, the responses that they were giving, the feedback on the work that we were doing and submitting and all that, and they would send back. You could tell they had actually read it as opposed to the ones who you could tell that the tell now, I guess is my, so (laughs) I've said it a million times, but you could, you could, you know, it was very noticeable when the prompts that they had were dated and it was obvious that they hadn't been updated in years based on the prompt that was there based on even the dates that show up on 
you know, Blackboard or Canva or not Canva, Canvas and, you know, or the responses that they're giving in the feedback, you can tell they didn't read anything that I wrote. So what's the point of putting in the effort if they're not going to read it? And I think that building connections with our students can really go a long way and helping them know it does matter what mm-hmm. you say. Like Nikki said, it you do have the ability to yeah. do this. And I want to hear what you have to add to the conversation. Right. I think there are other things that we can do along the way as well to make sure that our students actually understand. If they had no concept of the material a day or two beforehand, and now all of a sudden they are the most eloquent in the room as far as this goes, and not by their speech, but by their paper mm-hmm. only, and then you talk to them after and say, this was great. I really enjoyed this part about, you know, fill in the blank. And they have no idea what you're talking about. Probably there's an issue going on there that needs to be discussed and taken care yeah. of. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so this whole conversation, I think, just stems off of it's a fun tool. Yeah. It's a great tool. It's a very helpful tool. It's a good resource. It's a scary resource for some it's an exciting resource for others. And I think ultimately a lot of those concerns, if we're keeping those personal relationships going strong and we're getting to know those people around us, I think that's a help. And I think on our end as well, knowing if I'm using AI to generate something for my customer or for my student or for my follower, you know, it's easy for it to take out the part that makes people so special and it's that tone and adding the personality to it. And so you can use it to kind of get you started, but then Mm -hmm. go back in and add your own flair to it. Let it write up your about me for your website or let it write up a letter about some event that you're having in your, your company, but then go back through and edit it and add the parts in that are going to make you personable and make things exciting. And I think so special. They're so special. Exactly. They're special. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I think is so much exactly. fun. We can use that robot to work with us. We are living in the Jetsons oh times. Gosh. And I grew up watching that cartoon. And I always think about, I always think about that whenever I see AI <laughs> and how it's been. And now if I can just get a, I don't know what it was called, but they wrote in to work where they just kind of floated in the air, flew in the air. Um, I need one of those, but we have the robots. We have the robots already working for us and that's pretty fun. Now, Nikki doesn't know this, but our last segment here is for our tech tip of the week, but she does know about that part, but the part she doesn't know about is that I'm going to add, for those of you who watch this, I'm going to add a section that has a chair being flipped over. And the name of this segment is Tech Tip. So great. It'll make you flip your chair or something like that. So you'll have to see where it ends up. I'm excited. (laughs) I don't know how it's going to end up. (laughs) It's amazing. And Nikki doesn't know why. So let me tell you, Nikki. This is going to be bonus content for those of you who come looking for it. That's amazing. For our last segment, we want to give you a tech tip of the week. Now, this past week, I have been working on editing video software and 
trying different things out. And that is the tip that we want to give you this week when it comes to new technology. If you haven't used it before, if you're not familiar with it, try it first. See if you like it. Don't just go all in right there on your first application that you use. It can be intimidating. It can be a lot. And then (laughs) once you actually get into it, it can actually be everything you didn't want it to be. And then you just spent all that money, all that time, frustration on this technology, and it's not even what you wanted. Do free trials. Try them out, work the ins and outs. And then if you like that, maybe go up a step to see if you actually like the next Mm -hmm. package and then just keep going from there. But try your technology out first before you commit to it. Would you agree, Tina? I, yeah, absolutely. And I would say, try just a little bit of it. Don't feel like you have to conquer the whole thing. We just downloaded, or I just subscribed us to the Adobe creative mm-hmm. suite. I don't know what it's called exactly. And we've been working with Premiere Pro or mm-hmm. I have, I don't know for you. It is I was using Riverside. So we're recording <laughs> a journey. We're recording our podcast in Riverside mm-hmm. and I really like the ease of that. I like all of that. I like that it generates some things, but the editing it kept getting hung up a little bit when I was trying to edit and I thought, oh, really right. I think it's time to move to something else. Not that Riverside isn't good with the editing. It has some some good editing features. I just wanted a little bit more right. control over what I was doing. I uploaded everything into Premiere Pro, and it is very intimidating. Absolutely. So based off or going off of what Nikki said, I would just do the little parts that you need. Yeah. For our first edits right now, we're doing the absolute best that we can, but kind of the minimal, the minimal effort. And each time it gets a little bit better and a little bit better. I was editing a reel earlier today and I thought, oh, oh, okay. If I do this, I can, oh, okay. But still, is it perfect? No. And I would expect that in the next few weeks or months or, you know, years from now that I will change and evolve as far as, as what I'm using and how much of it I'm using. But our tip right now is just do what you can with what you have. Test it out before you invest money into it. Otherwise, you're spending a lot of money on things that you might not actually use. I often will sign up for things and then I'll realize five minutes in, this is not actually what I thought it was going to be. There was something I signed up for last night, Nikki, that I haven't even told you about. (laughs) I thought it was going to be good for us for keeping up with our content. And it was not at all what I thought it was going to be, but I didn't pay exactly. for it. So it was just a free account that I did. And I was able to realize once I got into it, because sometimes they don't show you all the features until mm-hmm. you make an account, but, and then sometimes they don't show you all the features until you pay for it, but at least make sure you like the the few features that they give you access to before you invest exactly. too much effort into it. So that, that's my tip. I go along with Nikki for that one. That's a good tip. Well, Nikki, we've come to the end of our second episode of our podcast. How are we feeling with it? I feel like we learned a lot. I feel like we were able to get into some topics. I feel like we have a good foundation and I'm excited for the next one. I agree. I am having a blast doing this. It is definitely taking us out of our comfort zone, but I feel more alive than I have felt in a very long time. And I am thoroughly enjoying it. 
I really appreciate the kind comments that we've been getting from people. And I look forward to building our audience and making sure that we're bringing good content. And I'm hopeful that there were some people who learned some things today that helped them just understand a little bit more maybe about ChatGPT, mm-hmm. AI, what those things are, maybe some advice on how to use technology for the first right. time, or even maybe we made some connections with people who are getting close to big paper type season. And so they're looking yeah, forward to the tutorial that's coming out on Friday. Friday. Mm-hmm. It should be Friday. So this should come out on Thursday. And I'm going to work on editing this one. And I think that we're doing better as far as our voices go. I know I'm still looking all over the place, so I definitely need to continue working on that. I didn't say the word the word as often today. So I'm very, oh, I just said it. And <laughs> I think we're at least up to $15 today. We'll, we'll see how that goes. I am having a good time. I did. So thank you for that. I did want to say to our viewers, if there are topics um, that you would are interested in and you want more information on, let us know. We would love to dive into the topics that you're interested in as well. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, I do plan on going over some things in ed tech over over the time. I know Nikki said that she was interested in some ed techie type things. I do want to do some more with that. I think next week for our I Spy AI, I think we're going to focus on AI in Canva. Canva uses AI right now in some really cool ways. So watch for some tutorials Mm -hmm. on that. Maybe next week we'll talk about our drop shipping endeavors just a little bit. See how that process is going, what we're using for that. Uh, Maybe I'll talk about my little dabble with Etsy and where I'm at in regards to Etsy. I'll say I'm a little scared of Etsy right now. Intimidating. (laughs) Yes, I just, well, I won't get into it a whole lot, but I do have some concerns about Etsy. So I have pulled everything off of there. Not that Etsy's bad. I just want to make sure that I'm doing everything I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to be doing. Maybe we'll get into that some. This week, hopefully we will get more posted to our website. So have a, have a look at that if you'd like to. And we always appreciate your support. Don't forget to like and subscribe. (laughs) Absolutely.